welcome to another episode of the Hubscale podcast. This week's amazing guest is Andy Gronlick, the CEO at Greylog. Andy, it's great to have you on. Great to be here, Connor. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Now, I guess I guess for our listeners who don't really know much about yourself or Greylog, can you give a little bit of introduction? Yeah, sure. I'm, uh, you know, I've been uh, been in tech my my whole career. Uh, start uh, studied computer science and economics, and um, started my career at uh, companies like Hewlett Packard, larger companies, and and gravitated to smaller ones um, along the way. Uh, actually, spent several years at IOMega leading the zip drive effort, which uh, was a, a product, you know, right place, right time, grew to a billion in revenue in two and a half years and uh, learned a lot through that process and came out of there uh, re- realizing that it's it's a lot more fun to grow and build things. Uh, it, and uh, and that, that led me to kind of gravitate more to startups and earlier stage uh, companies where um, at, at one point I met the the founders of Logarithm who were working on getting their first product and customer. I was, happened to be on a, a local tennis league team with one of the founders and kind of was an informal mentor. And uh, at one point they asked me to join and help them build the company. I, I looked into it, I, I, I got excited about it. And uh, 14 years later, we, uh, you know, we're close to 200 million in, in revenue. And so a um, lot, of, lot of fun. And um, so that's, that's kind of my background. I, I, after that, I took uh, a couple of years off and joined uh, Greylog uh, to help scale and build uh, the, this company. I've been there for about two and a half years as the CEO. Wow, awesome. Yeah, very successful career so far. And uh, thank you for clearing that up. Now, I know, obviously, you've had a successful career from starting off in product and marketing roles, now two times CEO, of, and being on multiple boards as well. Can you tell me a bit more about the early days and in your career, and how did it actually get to where you are today? Yeah, in the earlier part of my career, uh, you know, you like a lot of folks, you're you're meandering a little bit, trying to find out where you where you fit and. Uh, and, and what's what what kind of roles are, are right for you and I, I I you know having studied computer science I it, I wasn't I wasn't initially in, in um, interested in in being a programmer uh, right out of school and and so I was interested trying to find something that would blend the product technical side and that background with the business customer side of things. And, and at one point discovered product management and it just kind of was an I- ideal fit for me because it you're kind of right in that uh, you have to be able to work on both sides and, and across different boundaries. Uh, and, and the other thing I liked about it is you're, you, the variety of work you do, you're, you're working across the business with, with engineering, with sales, with marketing, with finance on, on various uh, you know, tasks and things, things you have to do to pull everything together um, into, into a cohesive strategy and roadmap and, and so on. And uh, both the product management and product marketing side of things. So that was, that, that I just naturally gravitated to that. I think 
as I look back, it, it was great training to be a CEO and in today's time, because um, in some ways, a CEO today is an Uber product manager, and you've got to be able to work as a generalist across um, all aspects of the organization, different functions, uh, ha have enough knowledge to go deep enough uh, and, and contribute in, in all those areas. And, and, you know, a lot like product management and product marketing, your uh, priorities are dynamic and you've got to be able to prioritize and reprioritize um, sometimes, you know, with, within a week uh, to figure out where to, where to spend your time and what's, what's most crucial. Uh, and then, you know, you, 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 as a product manager, you've got to be able to get things done through influence. Uh, it's, uh, you, you, you know, the, the old adage in product management is all the responsibility, none of the authority. And, and so in, in today's world, in today's culture, uh, I, I think the, the style, the, the old style of an autocratic CEO uh, just doesn't, doesn't work as well. And, uh, and that training in product management, even though you have the authority, it doesn't mean you, you, you use it. Uh, and uh, you're able to get things done and, and get, get a company behind you through, through influence and other, other, other ways. Yeah, no, perfect. Thank you for clearing up. Like you say, it it gives you it helps you a bit of knowledge for every aspect of each department. So yeah, it's a fantastic career to pursue to actually help you take it to be a CEO. Yeah, and it was, you know, that part was fun for me as as a product mm -hmm. manager, and and I, you know, I haven't gotten tired of you know that that variety and um, each day is different. Every, every people are different, right? Some people really prefer to kind of have a very um structured direction they're going in a day and others um you know in this case i, I actually I, I i enjoy the variety and the the challenges you know that that every week will bring that you know are usually different so uh or can be different you know <laughs> yeah no definitely i can imagine now um andy what are some of the challenges you have actually faced since being ceo and how do you actually overcome them yeah, I think some of the, some of the challenges I faced are no different than, uh, than 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 every other CEO. You know, it um, figuring out. You know, you know, first of all, you know, optimizing a, a growth strategy and and what are what how do you allocate investment uh, across the company in the in the optimal way across sales, marketing customer success, R&D. Uh, so that, that's always been, I think it's a, a bit of art and science. It's not, there's not a math formula that you can uh, plug, plug data into. So, so really uh, as being able to assess every situation is unique. Every company is different. The, the market landscape, the competitive landscape, uh, just factor in all those variables and coming up with that um, uh, what for your company is kind of the optimum investment plan. You, you're, you're always limited to a certain amount of resources. You, no one, no one ever has unlimited resources. So with that, with what you have, how do you, how do you optimize it? So that's, that's, that's in general, I think a, a, a challenge that every, every CEO faces every year. It kind of re, there's, 
uh, a regeneration of that challenge as, as you're looking forward. Um, some of the others, uh, every, every CEO has faced a scenario where growth, growth slows uh, and you know, growth in the business slows down and trying to assess, you know, what, what really are the root causes for that and what's um, not, not panicking and figuring out what, uh, what changes need to be made to, to, uh, to re-accelerate growth. And, uh, and, and so that's one piece. Um, and I think one of the other challenges I think every CEO places, uh, faces is, is the, uh, the people side of it, right? Uh, one, of your, one of your key responsibilities is getting the right team in place, the right people in the right roles uh, with the right, you know, right skills and the ability to scale with the company going forward and uh, and folks that are good team players and collaborators and, and those kind of things. So uh, I, those are some of the challenges. No, perfect. Like I say, you've got to build, having a good support team around you does make it a lot easier. And it's, a, it's quite, a, quite a challenging task to actually find the right people and hire the right people for that. But it's a challenge you have yeah. to take most most years. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I think one of the things is is also um, recognizing that you, you know um, as anyone gets into this role is um, you can't you can't be trying to do everything yourself, right? You have to you have to hire good people, trust them, um, and, and trust their talent and leadership, and mentor and coach them along the way as needed. Uh, but um, but uh, not you know not making this mistake of trying to do someone else's role. I think there's a balance there that every manager or leader or CEO has to has has to make. Yeah, no, definitely to do, and obviously like giving up control and actually trusting your team employees to actually do their task. It's some some people find it challenging to have to give that control up, but it's the best thing you can do because it delegates your time in the right efficient yeah. way. So no. Perfect. Thank Absolutely. you for that. Yeah. And obviously, there's a lot of challenges facing being CEO, but what are some of the uh, rewarding experiences you've actually had since being CEO? Uh, you know, I, what, what's really rewarding is, you know, putting putting plans in place and, and seeing them come to fruition, uh, you know, coming up with a strategy with, with the team, making adjustments to that and then seeing seeing success result from that over time and 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 yet you, you you certainly have to have a certain amount of patience uh to think that some things don't happen overnight but it's really rewarding when when uh when 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 you you kind of put a plan together as a team and um and, and see that see that come together and see a lot of the decisions you made uh you know, pay off. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I think some of the other rewarding things is the people side of it is, is, you know, um, be, being able to mentor folks, hire folks and see them grow in their careers. Um, you know, uh, from, you know, over, over 10, 15 years, uh, uh, had long relationships with folks and, um, that that's always rewarding. No, no, I bet that is actually very, very rewarding. No, thank you for that. And obviously, now, what is some of the uh, best advice you could give someone who's just starting out as being a CEO? Uh, 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a few things. You know, I think trusting your your instinct and your judgment. Uh, if you're doing doing it for the first time, you might, you know, there's you might have the imposter syndrome, and um, and and you know, I think re recognizing you're there for a reason, uh, and and one of them is you probably have had uh, good decision making capabilities and judgment along the way, and and and, and trusting that, you know, uh, as you're as you're new to that role, um, you know, I think every we all have. Uh, mentors and folks who have given us advice along the way, and and usually it's a composite of things you've learned from multiple people that uh, that that help form, you know, your skill set and your 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 style and your approach, and 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 so uh, to to lean on that, you know, in certain times when uh, that you 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 find that some of those things you learned are very very relevant in certain situations. Uh, and, uh, and and I think, you know, recognize that, uh, you know, as we talked about, the team is important. Recognize that you're not, you're not there on your own. There's uh, your team there to, to talk through things and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and help, help you, you know, assess situations, make decisions along the way. And then, uh, having folks outside the organization that uh, you can talk to, uh, maybe sometimes it's hard. Uh, you have to talk to someone outside, and uh, and so those are those are things. And and then I, you know probably the the last thing I would say, Connor, is uh, one of the things I, uh, a phrase I, I came up with along the way because things uh, things go up and down, right? You know, yeah. some days are great, and it's just kind of. It's just kind of the 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 way things go. Things are uh, you're gonna have bad days and good days, and and you know things. Uh, what I what I say uh, to myself a lot of times is things are never as bad as they seem, and they're never as good as they seem. And and to stay balanced, kind of um, along the way, where you're uh, you you kind of remind yourself of that because uh, usually you can work through most problems and situations yeah. you're in and then uh, sometimes uh, you can get overconfident when things are going well <laughs> and miss miss things that you could work on uh, that they're maybe being uh, masked by by the good times and uh, I worked for a CEO one time and, and I watched uh, he was a master at it when when people seem too happy uh, he would he would kind of have uh, have kind of the opposite reaction, not to bring him down, but but you know to point out, hey, we we've got we still got some things to work on, and uh, and then vice versa when when people were down, he was up, you know, and uh, and and that that always had a big impact on on me when it, when I saw that in action, having you know um, having folks you can trust and. And talk about things and and run things by them and you know maybe it's sometimes just to validate a direction you're thinking yeah. or or uh, or or to get you know what so you know if, have they been in a similar situation and how have they dealt with that and that, those kind of things yeah yeah no definitely now as we mentioned earlier you're currently on the board of three different vendors can you give a bit a bit more 
the detail on this and what actually your role consists of? Yeah, the the role um, that that I play typically I'm, I've been on the board of early to mid stage startups, and uh, and the role I've been playing is that independent board member with uh, operating experience alongside the investors that uh, can help the team on product strategy, go to market strategy, um, planning, uh, overall business strategy, and um, and also. Uh, just just general management uh, things, uh, particularly if it's a first time CEO, uh, being being a mentor for that CEO and uh, someone they can talk to, uh, who's been there and done it, uh, where maybe the investors don't don't actually have that set of experience. So it's helpful to the investors. It's I you know I try to be helpful to all all the constituents, right? And 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 be an independent voice. Uh, as well, whereas sometimes the investors might have certain uh, motives, motivations tied to their investment, um, and and the job as CEO is is often to uh, you've got several constituents and stakeholders: your your customers, your employees, your investors. Um, so you're you're trying to ba- balance and figure out what the right answer is. Uh, to make out make all of them happy and and so being being a an independent voice there can can also help help in that regard. No, no, um, definitely. You know, I I think the other the other thing I would say, Connor, is, is the the phrase I use is my part of my job on that board is to help help the CEO and the team make more of the right decisions and less of the wrong decisions. Uh, given given the you know given drawing on my experience, uh, you're, you're always going to make mistakes. No one's going to be perfect. Uh, but, but having, having someone that has pattern recognition and has kind of seen things happen before can at least, you know, help you make shortcuts and, 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 uh, hopefully more of the right decisions, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. It's going to usually like you say, make less mistakes and speed up efficiency and speed up that growth. Having someone who's been there, done that and got the experience to be able to advise on. So yeah, it makes total sense and it's really an important role, a hundred percent. But how has being on multiple different boards of companies actually helped you to become a better CEO? Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question. Cause when, when I was at logarithm, I, I had a couple opportunities to join boards and I, I resisted uh, because I felt I, I, it would actually distract me or, um, you know, I might lose focus and, you know, certainly had my hands full. Uh, in, in hindsight, I, I kind of, you know, now having, having served on boards while being a, a CEO, I, I, I actually see a lot more benefit to, to doing, the, doing that. Um, you know, to, there's a limit actually, but it, you know, yeah. if you serve on a couple boards. There's um, there. How, how do I say this? W- one of the things that helps you do is get get out of your own uh, bubble. Um, your your own. You know, when you're when you're so focused, kind of in 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 the world within your company, uh, you, you 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 sometimes lose sight of other things that are going on out there. And so being on um, being on other boards, one of the benefits is just is just that. And you're 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 um, 
you know, you're 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 seeing that. Uh, uh, how do I say this? You're 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 seeing things go on that you wouldn't normally see if you stay in in your own bubble. Uh, so 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 that's that's one thing. I think just getting outside of your um, comfort zone and and mm -hmm. and your your bubble a little bit. Um, the other really interesting thing is is there's um, pattern recognition you see and, and similar, you know, one of the benefits is the similarities and, and, and so you can draw on things being done in other companies and learn from that that you can apply to your current company. Um, so I've had situations where um, I'm able to actually see things or learn things that are techniques are being done in marketing or sales or, or R&D that I'm able to leverage in, in my company. Um, and at the flip side, I'm able to give back. Um, and where, <clears throat> where a company I'm on the board of might be struggling in this area or that area, um, we, you know, my company may be a, doing you know, ahead of the game there and I'm able yeah. to kind of share that share that know-how that that direction as well so um yeah there's a lot uh it's a win it's a win-win um and uh it gets you uh, I, i'd say it gets you thinking uh about it, it keep, keeps your mind going about different problems and different scenarios as well uh which is ultimately beneficial to what you're doing day to day mm-hmm yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like you say, being on board, it does take up some time, and obviously, you've got to be cautious at the beginning, seeing it might take up too much. But you're gaining so much advice by being on them boards, but I'm giving it back as well. So, like I say, it it, it is a win-win. So, yeah, no, I can understand yeah. why it why it's effective because at the end of the day, you're learning more and being able to give back at the same time. So, yeah, no, perfect. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned earlier, being the CEO of Grey Life for just over two and a half years now. Can you tell me a bit more about what the journey has been like since from since the beginning at Grey Log? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great. I, you know, I joined, um, uh, you know, after, after Logarithm, I, I, I took a, a year or so off and then I, I missed kind of being part of a, a, build, a team building and growing something. And I was um, looking at several different opportunities. Grey Log, was one uh, that came along. It was a it was a good, really good natural fit for me. I obviously knew the the industry and the the customer challenges, um, and it would be um, a fairly easy ramp. Uh, yeah. The the uh, uh, and it had some you know unique, uh, interesting uh, aspects to it. One, the open source uh, product led growth business model uh, was, was very interesting. And then um, and, and also being a, a company that um, started on the IT operations use case side of things uh, and was starting to move towards security. And so, you know, I was brought on board to um, help scale the company, uh, help it realize some un un untapped potential, um, move into uh, security more uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I joined November of 2020. So right in the middle of the pandemic, yeah. uh, no, no vaccines yet. So uh, all the interactions were on, were on zoom and it, re it really made, 
it was a challenge. It, it was a big challenge uh, for about six, seven months, um, not being able to uh, meet in person, build the relationships that way, uh, and trying to uh, you know be be a new person within an existing company that that, that was already going. Uh, but you know, it was a fun challenge. Again, as I said earlier, trying to figure out what the what the right um, optimal mix investment mix needed to be and, and what what areas what investments we needed to make to uh, to to realize the potential of, of, of the company it had a uh, uh, still does had, had a great base of uh, very loyal and satisfied users uh, but the, the company wasn't wasn't known really outside of that that captive you know, cocoon uh, of, of open source users. And, and so there was, there, there was an opportunity to one, um, uh, really build uh, the, cap the product capabilities that uh, Greylock could compete in the SIM seg segment, uh, which is about half the market in our, in our uh, TAM. And, uh, and so we, we uh, made those investments over um, uh, a year and a half and launched uh, Greylog Security last May, about a year ago, and uh, it's done really well. And we continue to improve and enhance that. We we launched a cloud SaaS uh, version where uh, it's managed by Greylog, and uh, customers can log in in the cloud and use it that way, or they can run it self-managed on their own. Um, did uh, you know, we, we had very little investment in, in marketing when I joined. And as I said, we needed to uh, expand awareness outside of the, the open source uh, base. And, and uh, so it took a, you know, kind of with, with the head of marketing, we, we came up with a, uh, a plan to invest in demand creation and awareness outside. And, and it, you know, it took about a year to build that engine. Um, last year it really was starting to hum and and that's that's been going really well and and, and the other piece was uh, had a very small inside sales team and we needed to kind of build more of a, a larger enterprise uh, sales approach um, mm -hmm. you know with, at the right timing so uh, and then lastly mature our customer success uh, area around support and, and professional services and training. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we had a, yeah, a couple of years of investments uh, to make in that area. Um, and, uh, and that, you know, I knew, I knew it would take a couple of years to really, to really get all that in, in, in place and get to critical mass. And, and we're at a point now that, uh, um, you know, all the, all those things are, um, we're seeing the results from it and, uh, we're competing, uh, effectively in the security side of things. Uh, the company continues to, uh, grow nicely, uh, over the last couple of years. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so it's, uh, it was a fun puzzle to kind of work with the team and figure out what investments needed to be made. We raised the capital we needed to, make those investments um, and it's fun to actually see it uh, starting to come together. No, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for clearing it up. And that's a successful journey so far since being the CEO at Greylog and I bet 
that joining as a CEO is always challenging into a new company, but especially during pandemic, I bet that was a very new, unique opportunity. What not many people actually got to face. Yeah, I mean, all the all the interviews were done on Zoom, except for one. I, I did one interview in person and uh, met all the investors on Zoom, and uh, so it was. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Very, very unique. I probably, I'm sure I wasn't the only one who did that, but uh, but it, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, wasn't the easiest thing. Uh, no. sure. uh, it was great when the vaccines came and was able to go to Houston and meet some of the team uh, for you know in person and uh, you, you just you just can't match that no. Uh, sometimes. No, you can't. Like I say, since since the pandemic, it's increased everyone working remotely and working via Zoom and. Yeah. everything else which yes it's fantastic because it means you can lead international teams from around the world and have easier communication but it's nothing like meeting people face to face yeah yeah and so trying to find the right balance there is is something you know all companies and ceos and leadership teams are are are, are working still working through i think uh mm -hmm. Greylog was Greylog was already distributed there's about a third of the company in germany about a third in the texas Houston, you know, mostly around Houston. Um, and then the rest of the company is is really spread, you know, throughout the US and Europe. Uh, you know, we've got some, uh, uh, we've got offices in Hamburg and London, in uh, in, in Houston and, and in, in Boulder where, where I live. Uh, and so we've got pockets of people we try to hire in those locales when we can so that, uh, but, but ultimately, the, the the new world order is it, it's it's easy to you know we have we have a woman in Alaska who who leads our technical documents uh, <laughs> effort and she does a fantastic job you know and um, and and so you know it it's certainly certainly uh, changed my mindset and I've I've had to adjust to the uh, to to the work from home hybrid kind of kind of work environment and definitely see the benefits and um, but but I think there's there's a you know we we try to make sure teams get together um, periodically so yeah. you, you 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 kind of have that connection and um, and and work you know get together and work on things that lend themselves to collaboration uh, but also you know it's an opportunity to build relationships and, and so on. No, no, definitely. Like I say, it has some positives, it has some negatives, but if you can find the right balance between between both, yeah, it, it can definitely help the help the team building and help the productivity of the whole whole company as well. But no, thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds of Greylog now. Andy, can you um tell me a little bit more about what the future looks like for Greylog? Where do you where do you see you taking it? Yeah, we we you know one of the challenges in the in the sim and log management market is uh, most of the products are real really too complex and it's hard for customers to get to value um, in, in, or, or do it in a reasonable time and and so uh, and the other challenge is the cost of solutions the total cost of ownership tends to be very high um, so we're Th those are those are two key strengths of Greylog, and we're continuing to invest and double down in those areas. Uh, the the user experience, daily user experience of using Greylog, 
is uh, is a real uh, is night and day versus solutions other legacy solutions out there like Splunk and Elastic and and uh, and at the same time the the cost of ownership not just licensing costs but infrastructure costs and people costs when things are really complex you, you need more people to run it uh, so we're we're continuing to focus on those differentiators uh, and and drive more you know better time to value for customers and better overall value and so that's uh, that's a key um, key area where we're focused on and uh, particularly uh, you know I, th I think we'll continue to invest in uh, in building out our security capabilities and and likely add more uh, more more things to the platform uh, that can so we can be a, a more one-stop shop for CISOs in mid to large enterprises. Mm -hmm. Perfect. No, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see that. See what the future actually holds. And obviously, I know we mentioned this a little bit already about obviously working remote slash hybrid and the challenges that that's completely different. But how do you actually keep everyone aligned to a vision? As you can agree, that is quite crucial. But can you tell me a bit more how you actually do that and keep everyone aligned? Yeah, I think. Uh... I think one, you know, one of the that's one of the key roles that a CEO has is mm -hmm. is, um, is is doing that, and 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 part of it comes from uh, developing a, a a strategy, you know, from the beginning that um, that that everyone can buy buy into, and and part part of how you do that is not do that on your own. You know, yeah, involve. Um, all the right key players in, in your company in the development of that. Um, and you, one, it helps you get the best ideas on the table um, and you get to, to a better answer. Uh, but two, once you get there, everyone, all your, all your key leaders understand it and then they can also articulate it, right? So uh, once you have that, once you have that foundation, then it's communication of that uh, in, in a way everyone can under, understand and, and uh, throughout the company. Um, and doing that, uh, you know, repeating it in, in the right cadence in different ways and in, in different situations, uh, pieces of it so that, you know, everyone doesn't, people don't stray from it, I guess, if that makes sense. And then tying your annual objectives to that strategy. So um, it sounds simple and, you know, obvious, but uh, it's, it's not always done. And, and so making sure that, hey, that here, here's the strategy and here are the things we're, we're, we're trying to accomplish this year and this quarter and, and make sure that all those, you know, point back to your, your, your overall strategy and they support it. And, and help move it forward. And uh, and so, you know, communication both formally and informally mm -hmm. uh, is key in that in that regard. Yeah, no, thank you for clearing that up. And throughout your career, what is some of the best advice you've actually received and why? Oh, you know, I, I think I go, uh, 
I go back to the uh, uh, the thing I, I talked about earlier, which is you know things are never as bad as they they seem, and they're never never as good, and and to stay steady and balanced. Um, yeah. And and so you know I got I got that advice you know at different times um, indirectly um, by observing. Uh, and uh, in, in, in some cases, uh, talking to folks uh, directly, but, uh, but that's, I think that's always something that, you know, um, and you see it in sports all the time where um, I watched a, a basketball game last night and the, uh, the, one of the players was interviewed and asked, you know, how did, how did they pull out that win? And he used a similar phrase is, there are ups and downs during the games and we, hit, we, we, we stay balanced and kept, you know, essentially playing your, playing our game. Um, it didn't overreact in either situation. Um, and, and I think that that definitely applies to business, you, you know, uh, you know, as I, I said earlier, the other piece of advice that I gave that, um, that, that, I've heard throughout my career is, you know, trust your, trust your instinct and, and your judgment, right? It's, it's, it's kind of what helped get you to where, where you are. Yeah. So I think those, those two are probably, probably the two best. Yeah. The two fantastic piece of advice. I agree with both of them. Definitely. No, thank you for that. Ander. And obviously a successful career so far, but where do you actually see yourself in the next five years? Uh, you know, I'd probably say five years from now, I, I, I'll probably be at a point where I, I want to step away from uh, the the day to day role as a CEO and 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 spend most of my time on uh, in in board roles similar to what we talked about, being an independent uh, uh, board member, mentor. Uh, uh, in in those those kind of situations, sometimes it's called operating partner. Uh, th those kind of roles, I think, would be uh, uh, the the you know the the last probably spend the last phase of my career doing that. Yeah, no, it makes total sense because it will free up some more time for yourself to spend spend doing outside of work on what you want to do. So no, perfect. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Oh. a little more a little more time for fun and uh and and a good bat. Yeah more of a balance around work and, and personal life. Yeah, definitely. Out of curiosity, what, what do you actually do for fun outside of work? Uh, you know, things, uh, uh, so I play uh, tennis and basketball, um, hiking and, and biking, all that for exercise and, and fun and competition. Uh, when I'm near an ocean, I, I love I love sailing. I grew up uh, really? sailing as a, as a kid in North Carolina, and uh, and the you know Colorado is a great place to live, but uh, that's the one thing it doesn't doesn't have. So I try to, whenever I can, vacation near an ocean and, and get some uh, sailing in. That's awesome. Perfect. Well, no, and uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to chat. Uh, enjoyed it, Connor.